Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakoven and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. We are back for another day here on the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket. We've got a fun show uh, with a nice little Dylan Riola update. We can make fun of Iowa. We got projected <laughs> win totals. That's a that's a full show right there. Scoring, you know, all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun there. Uh, I can I, throw water on the Dylan Riola fire as I apparently have to do now here at the station. Why? Well, I want to be the fun guy. Like? I want to be the fun guy. Why is everybody making me not the fun guy? You're making yourself not the fun guy. No, you can because buy into no, the Dylan no, hype. no. You're setting yourself up for sadness and disappointment. Don't do this to yourself. Well, not like we haven't been through that before. Exactly. Don't do this to yourself. <laughs> you, you have a legitimate set, you shot. Put, you want to put yourself at a lower level so then when it does happen, you can explode through the roof. Don't put yourself at the roof so that somebody can knock the stilts out from under you. Well, Nebraska has a legitimate shot at the number one player in the nation. How can you not be excited? How can you put not- yourself in the put yourself in the two hundred level? Don't put yourself in the nosebleeds <laughs> yet. All right, don't don't put yourself. Actually, hold on. Let's do this differently. Don't put yourself courtside quite yet. All right, yeah. you're in the you're in the two hundred level, but you're right on the edge of the two. Like you're the best seats of the two hundred level. All right, all you're right. not courtside yet. Mm. I still like the three hundred level. <laughs> that's, that's where I seemingly belong. That's, you want to be in the 300 level? Yeah, okay, that's where the craziest sit. Then, <laughs> then you're definitely in the 300. <laughs> that's right. Like that's Nebraska fans are definitely in the 300 level <laughs> when it comes to this. Uh, Dylan Raiola will be taking another official visit to Nebraska on March 25th. Um, so that's big news of itself. His uh, final official visit, apparently. Oh, yeah. Or at least of the offseason. That's interesting. And, uh, you know, obviously there's been a, a heavy pursuit of Dylan, as there should be. The, the full Nebraska coaching staff went down, uh, minus Matt Rule, to go see him last, I think, the last visit there or contact that they had in person. Um, so we'll have a little bit more there March 25th. Maybe even more importantly, Georgia has offered another quarterback from the class of 2024, mm-hmm. and they almost had to. Uh, court, number five quarterback in the nation, Jake uh, Merklinger, from Savannah, Georgia. And we did a little stat here. I think it was – I can't remember exactly what it was, but, like, it's going back to Deshaun Watson. Trevor Lawrence was – this was the case, I think. Stetson Bennett. Have to go back. Yeah, but Georgia quarterbacks have the basically last... been in the in the, in the the uh, national championship of college football. Yeah, like the last three. Yeah, I think it's even more than that. <laughs> I think they've been going for Easily. a while. Well, you think back to Sean Watson was there twice. Lawrence was there once. Bennett yeah. was there twice. So Yeah, they may, you know. At least like the last six national championships yeah. have featured a Georgia quarterback. So Georgia probably can't just sit there and let one of the top quarterbacks in the nation just grow up in Savannah, Georgia and – and, and not get an offer in the very least. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean for Dylan Raiola is interesting because that was kind of the sell with Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe what broke down there was that they that the, the, the word on the street was that Dylan Raiola was told he was the quarterback. They're not going to offer anybody else. They do. He decommits. Um, so not only did they offer the, the person, the person committed and signed. Yeah. So that was that was the thing. I don't think it's the offer. That that would scare Dylan Raiola away. I still believe that you know George is just covering all their bases, kind of like what Nebraska is doing. I mean, they have the offer out to Daniel Kalen, and 
you know, Nebraska is still seemingly uh, in the top three, top four for Dylan Riola's services. So, you know, George is just covering all their bases. You know, one if one thing led to another and Riola decided to go to a different school that isn't Georgia, at least they have somebody else that they are in discussions with to be their quarterback of the future. I don't think that it's anything to, to read too much into. It's just, as you said, um, somebody who's kind of in their backyard, a quarterback growing up in Georgia, maybe wants to be a Georgia Bulldog. If the number one recruit in the nation doesn't commit to you, you have the number five quarterback prospect who is also a five-star right there that you're you're having discussions with. I mean, Nebraska's, you know, has the offer out and, and did. I don't know how many people remember this, but before Dylan Riola decommitted from Ohio State, uh, Daniel Kalen, the Bellevue West quarterback, was told by this coaching staff that he is their main priority, their main recruiting focus, uh, was Daniel Kalen before Dylan Riola decommitted from from Ohio State. So that's still something that's going on there. Nebraska still has the offer out. They're still, you know, in discussions with Daniel Kalen, and I imagine it's it's kind of the same way where if Dylan Riola ends up going to a different school, they hopefully will will garner the services of Daniel Kalen after that. So again, I don't think it's you know too crazy to to look at Georgia offering another quarterback uh, and and still be in pursuit of uh, Dylan Raiola. And also USC is still right there. He mm. spent five hours with Oregon. Lincoln Riley or four hours oh, with yeah. Lincoln Riley, however long it was. And uh, he's had like three of the last five Heisman winners as quarterbacks that he under his tutelage. So. And a, guy kind of, pl- and a guy playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's kind of that's that's kind of a it's kind of a, a notch that he has in his belt that, yeah. that Matt Rule doesn't and that Nebraska doesn't. When when you talk about actually landing Dylan Iola, I think a big part of it too is how does Nebraska look this year? I don't know when he'll officially commit, but we do know you know signing day uh, just kind of passed us up here. So this time next year should know where Dylan's at, mm-hmm. and uh, so you only have one season if you're Matt Rule to kind of put it out there and show that this program is heading in the right direction. Um, he was on a local uh, radio program this morning and and said it's definitely a rebuild. So it's kind of interesting to see how you how you kind of shape that. What kind of what kind of season gets Dylan interested enough? I don't you know sometimes you think about it's kind of the same thing with the Fred Hoiberg discussion. Maybe not a win total, maybe mm-hmm. so more much more of what it looks like there. Um, although I like the fact <laughs> sometimes we just don't want to add. We didn't hear it with Scott Frost. There's unspecified metrics or whatever. I like how I was just like, here's the metrics. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is here you go. Yeah. No, no. Everybody can know it. And I, we'll get I, to that in a little yeah, bit. But I, I just I like that. I wonder why everybody was fighting back against the 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 word rebuild. Like nobody wanted mm-hmm. that word to be used with this with this new coaching staff. And oh, it's not a rebuild. They're just uh, you know, they have a good good enough roster to do this and do that. No, it's it's still a rebuild. It's going to be a rebuild no matter how you look at it because they've added 40 players damn near 40 players 40 plus players to this roster they're gonna have to get rid of some more players and you're taking over for you're taking over a team where nobody outside of the people who are new to the program coming from other schools has seen a winning record been to a bowl game seen any type of postseason action so it's definitely a rebuild no matter how you look at it well, it, I mean, it just depends. I guess I, I, I agree with you, but I guess, again, like, where do you – do you have to rebuild it to get back to where it was last year? That's four and eight, you know, over the last five, seven, mm-hmm. eight years, basically. But do you want to build on top a, of – I don't think it's a rebuild to get there, but it is a rebuild yeah. to what your program standard should well, be. Well, if you, if you don't want to look at it as a rebuild, you got to think of it like this. If you're building on top of an already 
set foundation is is four and eight the foundation you want to build on top of, or do you want to take that down, find a new find a new spot to build on, and and set your foundation? Yeah. Because if you're not rebuilding, you're building on top of what's already there, and what's already there is not good, or was not good. When I think too, with with the just the recruiting class, um, like you said, f- this is this is flipping the roster. I mean, uh, you know, quite literally, uh, you know, half the scholarship players are pretty close to it. Are going to be new guys. A lot of them are guys that you know from the outside. You could say kind of taking chances on, uh, you know, maybe not immediate impact, slowly developing mm-hmm. uh, high school kids. They took 28 of them. I mean, that's a that's a lot. It's a lot of youth. Um, and, and so, I mean, I think no matter what way you look at it, like you said, it is, it is some sort of rebuild. You don't like the word. And then the other thing, though, too, is it's 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 kind of got it's already had a jump start, I believe, again by what they did last year and letting Frost go and and getting Mickey in there to try to get some sort of energy, try to get some sort of renewed purpose, and ultimately being able to beat Iowa on the final day of the regular season. Of course, only leads you to four and eight, doesn't mm-hmm. get you much much beyond that. But it knocked Iowa out of the Big Ten championship game. And I think Matt Rule said this when he was with, with Will Compton on his podcast. Um, is basically that that year zero that that rebuild year that was that was them last year. So they already kind of got a jump start on it. But I I don't think that means um, you know as much as what you would think it would mean um, for this team just because of the way that they if they would have came in and said this is pretty much okay we'll get a few guys out of the transfer portal re-recruit everybody and get going then maybe you don't see it as as much of a rebuild but the moves that they've made show you that it's going to be a rebuild and and part of that's interesting too because um i've heard this a few times from matt rule now is the quarterback position which we're all going to be very interested in yes and the the idea with Jeff Sims continues to be that's an NFL player. And when they say NFL player, that means they believe NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. So as much as we liked Casey Thompson and what he was able to do, and I think that he's proven himself, you know, having played at Texas and Nebraska started, he's a starting quarterback at a Power 5 level without a doubt. Maybe they're looking for a little bit more than that at the quarterback position, and I just I can't wait for that battle. I know a lot of us just kind of want to sit in line and, and say, "Well, we respected Casey. We liked what Casey did." We just want to move on to the next thing, <laughs> and then there are other people that just yeah. want to move on to the next. Stop thing. moving to your new shiny toys. But I think if if you continue to say NFL with with Jeff Sims. I got to believe that you you believe he's got a higher upside, and so it kind of continues mm-hmm. with the, that rebuild discussion of okay, if that guy's got a higher upside, that you believe you can get him to be an NFL type of quarterback, if you believe there's some the lumps involved along the way, maybe that's worth it in in year one. Yeah, it, it, if you keep telling me that this guy is an NFL caliber quarterback, and you haven't said the same thing about the guy who who was already here, who he'll be competing against, it leads me to believe that Sims is going to be the starter next year. I, I hope and I pray that there is going to be a legitimate quarterback competition and nothing really leads me to believe that that won't happen. But it seems as if Sims already has a leg up, at least in the eyes of Rule and the staff, when they keep you know saying that he's an NFL-caliber quarterback. Granted, they haven't been able to see... I don't believe they've been able to see Casey's live reps because he he probably is still recovering from that shoulder surgery that he had. But um, I I hope that it's going to be a legitimate quarterback competition and that they'll be you know watching and critiquing both of them evenly and fairly, and we'll we'll see who ends up being the starter uh, coming into next season. But go, kind of going back to like your rebuild and bringing in uh, more players. Um, with you know going into the transfer portal and pulling in some of those guys makes you believe that they 
you know, it's two two separate thoughts here where they went in the transfer portal and got a, a ton of people to fill some positions. Uh, makes you believe that they thought that or they think that the roster is in a good enough position where they can bring in a couple transfers, a decent amount of transfers, fill those positions and have success. But then you look at the high school class, like you just said, 29, 29 freshmen coming in, one Juco guy coming in uh, makes you believe that they're building towards the future they're going to take these guys they're you know i i don't know how many of them are going to be instant impact but it's it's a bunch of guys who you probably think are going to redshirt this season and that's a, a large portion of your scholarship roster uh is going to redshirt this season get bigger stronger faster and prepare for their future with the program so it, it's almost as if it's a mix of you know, not a year zero. They had that last year, but a, but a year one with the JUCO, or yeah, with the JUCO and the transfers coming in, but also um, kind of preparing for what's to come later on uh, in the in the era of of Matt Rule and this staff with the massive freshman class. Yeah. So and it's a rebuild, but it's not a rebuild, but it's somewhere in the middle. I don't know exactly what it is. There's a word, but I don't know what the word is. I remember part of the, the hope with Scott Frost, too, was he kind of did the, the, a similar thing where he was redshirting a bunch of freshmen. The, the team was always pretty young, and that was always uh, for supporters of his and his early struggles, I suppose. Just wait till this class kind of shows up and, 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 and grows up. Mm-hmm. and uh, Wait till he gets all of his guys and, yeah. they're, and they're juniors and they're ready to go, and then yeah. it didn't pan out. It still didn't pan out. But, uh, Considering well, a lot of those guys left. <laughs> yeah, doesn't doesn't mean that that's not a, a typical way for a lot of coaches to come in and do it. Um, so I mean that's what we'll see. And I think you, you've got at least a competitive year. And another thing you got to remember and, and keep in context too is just um, you know how close Nebraska was or how they don't feel even how bad they've been. They don't feel a whole lot further than the Big Ten West, which makes up a majority of their their, their schedule. Now you know me, I'm a Big Ten West guy, and I stick to you know how rigid and tough that that division is but it was never less true than last year <laughs> where Purdue with four losses just kind of fell into the Big Ten championship because there was not a good team there oh hey <laughs> like, oh. we're here now yeah so I mean I, I mean and, and Minnesota was, was a pretty solid squad but you know obviously limited in, in certain ways so mm-hmm. I I I, I, I I mean, I, I'd compare it somewhat to the Big Ten uh, in basketball, where it's like there's there's not a there's, there's, in the Big Ten West last year, there's not a great team, yeah. there's not a top twenty five team even amongst them. But week in and week out, you're gonna know you played them. You're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna get it. You're gonna feel it. Yeah, um, and and they're pretty solid squads. So we'll kind of see what that is moving forward. You do have a twenty four seven sports Brad Crawford who, who works for them with Penn State uh, with their website was uh, had a early projection win total for every Big Ten school. Uh, you can go ahead and guess number. Nebraska's, and we got the rest of the schools there, so we'll do that next. Uh, but just uh, uh, again to show the difference in this quarterback battle here, uh, Q-Double Guy Texan says $100 that Sims starts week one, uh, so that's kind of what he's feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas and Lincoln says, my record depends on when Casey is able to return. Completely just on Casey. There you go. So uh, very, very interesting quarterback battle. I mean, you'd have to go back, and, and I'd have to think when the last you know quarterback battle was this interesting. Going, I mean, you, I don't think you've had you know two – Long-time starters the, going against each other. Was the Adrian Jebbia one interesting, or was it a foregone conclusion that Adrian was going to be the starter? Because he was coming in injured. Yeah. He missed his entire senior year. We hadn't seen him outside of his junior year. Was was that an actual bat? I mean, we all know now, hindsight 2020, you know, Frost brought him in. That was the first call they made. Of course, he was going to start him. But, you know, at the time, if anybody can remember their thoughts, was there a legitimate, like, Tristan Jebbia could be the starter week one? thought was there an actual oh yeah they're battling they're going head to head back and forth in practice because i don't remember 
Well, yeah, and it was interesting, too, because either way you were going young. Um, but, again, that's to me, that's not the qu- same quarterback battle as, like, this no. guy started for three years, this guy started for two. No. Um, even I always kind of go back when I think of quarterback battle, I think of Zach Lee and, and Taylor Martinez and Cody Green because that was a three-way battle. But the, the weird thing about that is it felt like Zach Lee, returning starter, Cody Green, uh, great, uh, you know, great recruit, future quarterback, and Taylor Martinez, athlete that we could play quarterback if you really need to. And then it turned out Taylor was, was definitely won that <laughs> oh, job. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> the guy so uh i don't know always interesting and, and we'll see uh, too a big big interest moving forward is how many of these quarterbacks are just going to be on the roster in general because it's a big room mm-hmm. uh several big rooms on the husker roster right now uh let's go ahead and take a break we'll do uh, we'll get back to our early win projections for every big 10 team uh 24 7 sports again doing that what is nebraska's we'll tell you next year on 93 7 the ticket